1: And welcome to the latest episode of the Championship Roundtable. I'm your host, Jake Jackman, and you can reach us at the show by emailing us at championshiproundtable at gmail.com.
2: Hi, I'm Andy Buckley-Taylor, representing Derby County on the podcast. You can get me on Twitter at Taylor 64 and I'm also a Derby County blogger for the Derbyshire Times Group of Newspapers.
0: Hi, I'm Russ Goldman, representing Fulham Football Club on this show, and I do a show called Cottage Talk, which you can listen to on blogtalkradio.com slash cottage talk. And you can follow me on Twitter at Russ underscore Goldman and also at the Twitter account for Cottage Talk, which is Cottage Talk.
1: Thanks so much for joining us today, guys. We'll start making the rounds where each of us have a few minutes to discuss what's been happening at our clubs this week. Uh, We'll start with you, Andy uh you've said you've got a new manager in um since the last time you came on this podcast anyway and uh, so I just want to know how that's going, and your result this weekend was a positive one, so I guess you're feeling a little bit more optimistic about Derby now.
2: Yes, uh, last time I was on was just on the eve of uh, Gary Rout being appointed um he's had a couple of games, um, baptism of fire, uh, away at our close rivals, Nottingham Forest who themselves had appointed a, a new manager a day after we did. Um, first 45 minutes of football there was very poor, and Forrest dominated again. We came back in the second half, two early goals, uh, dominated the second half, and they sneaked uh, a goal right in the uh, time added on, which actually is now 10 points we've blown this season in them later stages. And I think that's something that Gary Rowett has already picked up on. Um, we went on to last Friday night, home to uh, QPR. Uh, Ian Holloway, notorious for parking the bus and negative tactics, but being very effective against us in the past. Uh, not quite as effective this time. Once again, uh, we, uh, we dominated possession, moved the ball around well. Uh, We we did sneak the win. But, uh, you know, I've heard many different views on uh, Gary Rowett's start of football. What is uh, obvious, he likes to get that ball into uh, the last quarter of of the field as quickly as he can. But it isn't by hooving it. You know, there was some uh, nice passing going on. Um, we, We were threatening their goal... Nearly for the whole duration of the game. And uh, eventually, it was uh, when the ball came off their goalkeeper that Matty Vidra stuck it in the back of the net. And I think already that uh, Gary Rowart seems to have decided that playing Vidra behind Nugent is the uh, the way ahead. Um, you know, they've looked very threatening, they've both played very well in the last couple of games. Um, nice to see a bit of passion as well from Rowett when we scored on Friday night, you know, that uh, punch in the air. He's, he's the, uh, I think, uh, going to bring the, the passion into the job. He's going to be a different sort of character that we've had over the past few years. And overall, you know, so far so good.
1: Yeah, it's sometimes important to have a manager that shows a bit of passion, uh, especially at a club that has, has gone for a lot of managers recently. And I know Steve McLaren, although a likeable character, can get a little bit frustrating with it, with his comments pre- and post-match and things like that. But one thing I'd like to ask you about Rowett is, is there any players that have sort of come in from the cold under Rowett? Because that often happens under new managers. Uh, and, and if not, is there any players that have sort of, you know, you think are going to take on a more important role than they had under the previous manager?
2: Um, he's basically using the same sort of pool of players, but uh, more effectively. Um, Vidra mm, was frozen out a while ago. McLaren has given him a couple of games lately. Uh, but there's been a, a good response from some players that were, we, we've lacked in the past. Uh, Johnny Russell had his best game of the season on Friday night. Uh, Craig Bryson has been brought back into the team. But, uh, you know, his absence before was only due to injury, I would have guessed, because he's one of the better squad players. But uh, I I think Rowitz more or less knows who are the best players in the team. He's made one or two adjustments, um, a couple of different benches, uh, the Porridge bench and Friday night. He's had another look at... uh, one of our young players. He's been very uh praising of a couple of the uh, the young lads who are on the brink of the squad, Mason Bennett and Timmy Elznick. Be very interesting to see. I think once the uh once all the maps are done and it's mathematically impossible for the playoffs, maybe he'll uh, you know, bring one or two of the young lads in and have a good look at them.
1: Yeah, and moving on to fulham now ross uh, yesterday you had a good win over rotherham united it was not as comfortable as many predicted but the most important thing at this stage of the season is getting those three points and you managed to do that what were your thoughts on the game and, and sort of the position of fulham are in at the moment after moving into that top six
0: well you just nailed it there jake it's about getting the points it's uh winning ugly is fine i, I don't care how they do it uh fulham actually tend to play an attractive brand of football but this was not it, and uh, the opponent wouldn't let them play the way they want to play, which is fine because I want to see them beat a team that puts everyone behind the ball and makes it ugly and uh, then figuring out a way to win, and that's exactly what happened. It wasn't pretty, uh, but I don't care uh, because I know that they can play a good brand of football. That's not it. At this time of the season, we were just talking about it on Cottage Talk. It's about getting the points, getting in to the playoff, Situation that they're in right now. They are currently sixth. Uh, Now it really comes down to seven cup finals for them. It's uh, being able to continually stay in that spot, and it's going to be tough because we have tough opponents, uh, and there's one coming up, Darby County, and it's not going to be easy for us. So now it really does test uh, the team here, and this was the first test. Believe it or not, I know they were last, and they were facing relegation, but this was a true test for them. Can they beat teams like this? I know that they can beat teams like Newcastle United uh, that like to play football, but can they beat a team that makes it difficult on them? And uh, and they can do that now, and that's important. Winning ugly is actually a good thing for them, and they were able to do that. And now let's see if they can stay where they are, and it's not going to be easy because uh, Sheffield Wednesday is right behind them, and they, they finally leapfrogged them, but they're right there. And we finished the season... Uh, on the road playing Sheffield Wednesday. So it really could come down to the very end for us, but it really was a, a good point to get into the top six now. They've been knocking on the door, and they finally are in. So we're, we're all happy about it, but the job's not done.
1: Yeah, a question I've got for you, Russ, It's something we, we focused on last week and we're not touching on this week, but I'd like to get your thoughts on it because you're sort of Right in the middle of this playoff hunt is do you think that it is between Sheffield Wednesday and Fulham now? Or is there any sort of other teams that you're keeping an eye on?
0: Well, if I'm being honest, uh, it really is between us and Sheffield Wednesday, but I'm not blind. I I do see Derby County playing under Gary Rowett and I still fear it until until they're mathematically eliminated and I'll throw Norwich in it. You know, I'm looking at all teams, but. For right now, I mean, the main team for us to focus on would probably be Sheffield Wednesday and, 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 uh, not just them. Listen, Leeds United and Reading aren't that far off either. So, so we're looking at all the teams around us, but, but really it is about Fulham though. I mean, Fulham just need to take care of themselves. But as a fan, I am looking at all teams and I'm not, I'm not discounting Derby County at all. I see where they are. You know, they still are within a shouting distance along with North. So. Along with Preston too. These teams are still there. But if Fulham take care of business, hopefully they'll be where they need to be.
1: Yeah, and just quickly moving on to Newcastle now. Obviously, we've previously gone three matches without a win, which did create a, a few nerves within the fan base. And it, we were get a little bit concerned. But then also Brighton and Huddersfield also you know, choking as well. And, and they're struggling to get the wins. So it's, it's that time of the season where... You know, as as I just said with Russ, you know, it's the most important thing is just getting those three points, whatever way they come, because, it you know you're not going to get awards for playing great football at this stage. You get you get promotion if you're the best team, and that is to you know grind out results when it when you need to do that. We managed to do that this weekend. Um, it was not the greatest performance. We had all our sort of big hitters out on the pitch. We had Dwight Gale, John Shelby, Matt Ritchie, um, Isaac Hader was back on the bench. So we had a good team out, and I sort of did expect us to to get maybe a, a a comfortable win, but that didn't happen. And I'm not too annoyed about that. That you know we got the win. Uh, the first the first half was a little bit nervy. Wigan got a few chances. They were revitalised under their sort of caretaker manager. That seems to be the, the theme in football at the moment. Bringing in one of the coaches to to take over the first team. You have it at Leicester with Craig Shakespeare, who's doing excellently, and and Wigan were played very well under Graham Barrow yesterday that they maybe have a chance of staying up we're going to touch on that a little bit later but just going back to Newcastle we, we got the goal under Dwight, uh, for Dwight Gale which was massive I thought from that stage we were going to go on and win it but we did a classic Newcastle thing and gave a goal away which we probably shouldn't have done but we we recovered well and, and playing at St James's Park hasn't been easy recently Fulham came and beat us there Bristol City qPR both came and, and got points so it's it it hasn't been the easiest thing for us but it was a massive mental mental victory for us yesterday just it just it was just huge for our for how the squad go into matches at St James Park that we've got that win because we've got I think four of our last seven matches are going to be at St James Park so, it, so it's crucial that we have that confidence that we can get results there and we, we got that yesterday um it wasn't comfort- it wasn't easy. It wasn't you know <sighs> great to watch, but we got the three points, and we are now ten points clear of third place. So that is the gap that I'm focusing on. I don't care about Brighton. They they won yesterday. They can keep winning. I'm not overly bothered about winning the league. Of course, I want Newcastle to finish top of the championship this season, but that is not the main priority. It's, it's that gap to third place, and it's extended to ten points now. I know uh, Huddersfield have a game in hand, but. They've lost their last two matches against teams in the bottom third of the table. And I just think they are struggling with the pressure. It, they, When they were sort of 10, 12 points off the top two and winning every week, they didn't have the pressure because it wasn't expected of them. But now they've got so close to the top two, they have struggled. And I just think it's a full goal conclusion that Newcastle and Brighton will go up. I'm not, I know there's a lot of football to play. I know it's possible. But in my own mind, I'm pretty sure Newcastle and Brighton will get those two spots. And they probably deserve it over the course of the season. So, we we there's been a lot of talk about sort of transfer targets for next season. I'm I'm not getting that far ahead of myself. I'm just focusing on the next seven games. I want Rafa Benitez to stay at the club. That's the main thing. But before that, I want the. To- to get promoted and a win on Tuesday against Burton will, t- you know, take us a long way to doing that. I think um, the other thing that happened in Newcastle this week was they announced the player of the year nominations. We talked about it a little bit last week with, with the team of the year, but Dwight Gale was announced as one of the three nominees for player of the season is probably he t- deserves to be involved in those three. I'm not convinced he's going to win the award. Um, maybe he will, if, if he has a good end to the season, but you know, it's good to see him getting, you know, the, the, the publicity that he deserves because he's had a great season after dropping down from the Premier League. So that was good to see. Uh, I'm sure Russ has one or two thoughts about Tom Kenny not being nominated for this (laughs) award. But Dwight Gale deserves to be one of those three, at least in in my mind. But we'll just move on to topics now. Uh, And the first one I want to talk about is something we don't talk about too often on the show. We normally focus on the playoffs and and the top two. But I just want to talk about the relegation battle with you two because I know, Russ, you watch Every Fulham game uh, after yep. after they've happened on the reruns, so I know that Andy, you go to a lot of matches as well, so you've seen a lot of the teams at the bottom. So I just want to know your sort of views on that at the moment. Who do you think will go down after after Rotherham were confirmed at the weekend after Fulham beat them? So we'll start with you on this one, Russ. What, what are your thoughts on what and at the bottom of the league?
0: It's interesting because uh, I do get to, a chance to watch all these teams, and uh, I think Wigan is going to go down. If you're asking me right now, I, I, I definitely think it's going to be Wigan and. Uh, I I don't think it's going to be easy, but I think they're going to eventually go down. And the next one might surprise you guys. It might not. I I don't know. But I'm going to say Bristol City and not Blackburn. I think Blackburn are going to stay up. Uh, And part of the reason is the manager. I just think that he will do enough for that team to stay in the division. So I am going to go with Bristol City. Uh, It's funny because uh, part of me thinks that Bristol City have, have a shout. To stay because Abraham's back now, but I just like the situation with uh, Blackburn with the uh, with the manager. So I'm going to say Bristol City and Wigan will be the other two teams.
1: Yeah, Andy, would you agree with that, or, or do you think that there's another t- any other teams that could possibly go down?
2: I don't know. It seems to be whoever, as, as we've mentioned in previous uh, shows, uh, whenever we never mentioned the third team to go down. They seem to pick up a bit of form. Um, Bristol City are a possibility. I'm not 100% convinced so, because uh, they're a better team than early position, says. Um, Blackburn, possibly, I'm a favourite. Burton Albion aren't out of the wood yet, um, but uh, had a cracking result on Saturday. and They seem to have a bit of resilience about them as well when they come up against the big side. So, you know, I think Newcastle could be in for a tough time when they play. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to mention another team. Uh, they're <laughs> only two points above the drop zone. Yeah, Russ knows who I'm going to mention.
0: <laughs> I know who you're um, going to mention.
2: Some, some team that play in the red, the, the other time <laughs> I Brian Cloughway. Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, Mark Warburton is a decent manager. They have got enough there to push them towards safety. But I've gone through all the remaining fixtures between now and the end of the season, and I, I actually had them going down by a point. But, wow. That, but I didn't have them getting a point at Preston. I had them losing at Preston. So it never goes to plan. You always get the twist and turns, um, you know, uh, on the on the home straight. If you're pushing me, I will say Blackburn. But any of those teams that I mentioned, you know, they're truly in the mix.
1: Yeah just want to touch on one team that you haven't mentioned that is currently six points above the bottom three and that is birmingham city Uh, and my reason for mentioning them is because i'm looking i've got their fixtures up in front of me now and they look pretty tough they go away to brighton on tuesday and anyone knows that you know bright going to brighton is difficult only newcastle won there this season i think their home record stretches far beyond that as well and i can't see them losing at the amex uh to, to uh birmingham then after that they've got the small, the small test of Gary Rowett coming back to St Andrews, <laughs> and and, he, and we all know what happens in football when these things happen. That he he will get the win because it's just that just happens. So that for, in my mind, that is two losses for them, and and by that stage, the, the gap probably goes down to maybe three or four points, and then they've got a couple of winnable games in Rotherham and Burton. But sometimes the most the most dangerous teams to play are those that have nothing to play for. And I, I think that's a difficult game for them. I, I know Ross w- would agree that Rotherham played very well yesterday against Fulham. He did. Exactly. So you know, I think that could be difficult. And then Burton, Aston Villa, Huddersfield, and Bristol City on the final day. And it could be that Bristol City against Birmingham City on the final day could be a massive game in the relegation battle. I, I think that's going to be huge. So. <laughs> I fear for Birmingham. I think Blackburn are playing quite well under Tony Mowbray. They're getting their scoring goals. They're they're a little little bit more solid at the back and they they look good. I think Bristol City have enough players in their squad to get out of it. I think they should have sucked their manager a long time ago, but they didn't. Uh, But I think that won't come back to haunt them too much. I think they'll probably get rid of him in the summer and they should just about stay up. I think Burton get results. Uh, Nigel Clough is an excellent championship manager. He's shown that. So... Yeah, and I, and I think Mark Warburton will, will probably get Nottingham Forest safe. So when I'm looking at it, I really do fear for Birmingham. Um, wow. What do you guys think on that? Do you think that they're a possibility?
0: Wow. Uh, now that you really laid that out, Jake, uh, I, can I change my mind? <laughs> uh, you made a very strong argument. And uh, listen, it, it would, you know, uh, after what happened to Rowan, you know, uh, they kind of deserve it. But uh, but uh, I actually have, have some good friends that, that are supporters of that team, and I, I, I don't want to see that team get relegated for them. But but uh, now you've made a strong argument because of all the situations that are in front of them. I didn't even bring up Burton, and part of the reason why I didn't is uh, their resiliency under, under Nigel Clough. I, I think Nigel Clough has done a nice job there, so I agree with you there. So, yeah, may, maybe Birmingham City. I still, you know, again, I... I I've watched enough of Bristol City. I, I just I fear for them. That's why I have them, and I, I don't think Blackburn's going to be the team. But, but you made a good argument for Birmingham City, Andy.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm sure Gary Rowett uh, won't need any encouragement to, uh, <laughs> to go for the jugular when we visit St Andrews. That was one of the but stupidest
0: I mean, move moves of the of the season, Jake. By the way, sacking that guy.
1: Yeah, I'd agree that. I think it was an awful decision because before that, I had them down as my third team to go up. I thought they would stay in the playoffs or around those positions yeah. and be the ones that could go through the playoffs with, with Gary Rowett at the helm. But then they made that decision and they've only gone one way since. So yeah. I do really fear for them.
0: Sorry, Andy.
2: Can I just, I mean, as much as Gary Rowett is going to want to go there and win and we will, you know, we will be all out there to get the three points. Um, if that proves to be vital in whether they stay up or stay down, now, I'm sure he won't mind rubbing the board's noses in there, uh, rubbing the board's noses in it. But the fans, obviously, yeah, yeah, a little, uh, think a little bit differently because, to be honest, when he got the sack there, their fans were up in arms. And a lot of them now, this said, when we appointed him, you know, they wished him well. They wish he was still the boss there. So, uh, you know, and like Russ says, it's, it was one of the most stupidest moves, uh, managerial-wise, in, of the season. And, uh, you know, I'm 100% sure they'd be top six now if they'd kept him there.
1: Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I I'd, I'd think... It's difficult because there's a lot of games to go, and you never know what will happen. One team might go on a run. Uh, we've seen that uh, with Rotherham last season. Um, but yeah, I, I, at the moment, my three would be uh, Wigan. I agree with Wigan. I thought they played well against us yesterday, but that that gap to, to safety looks a little bit too big for them. Unfortunately, I think they made the wrong decision bringing. Warren Joyce, a, a man who would never managed a, a senior team before, and I think that's probably what's going to cost them their championship status. But that final spot is, is very interesting, and there's five or six teams that could get. That. And uh, at the moment, I'm leaning towards Birmingham, but I would also fear for um, Bristol City if they if they if Birmingham didn't drop like like I expect them to, because I think I I just think they've made the wrong decision keeping their manager, but they do have a squad that is. <laughs> It, although I hate the saying, that it doesn't look to me too good to go down. Tomlin is a very good player. They've got Tammy Abraham scoring goals. Um, Taylor, the the guy they've signed from the uh, Bristol Rovers as well, is is a nice player. They've got Bailey Wright from Preston, who who James, who comes to this show sometimes, uh, has talked about him being a good centre-back. So I think they should have enough, but it's fascinating. I think it's maybe even more fascinating than what's going on at the top of the league. Uh, and it doesn't maybe get the enough coverage that, that it deserves. But just, I just want to move on now to, to the second topic, which is um, which do you think has been the best signing made by a championship club this season? I'm sure we all have players at our own clubs, but uh, throughout the rest of the league as well. So we'll start with you on this one, Andy. Uh, is there any player that was, was a new signing this summer that you think has done maybe far beyond what was expected of them?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, there's, a, there's a few that uh, have merit. Honourable mentions for Glenn Murray. Uh, as far as season loan signings goes, a player you've just mentioned, Tammy Abraham, doing a really good job at Bristol City. But uh, I think if you study some of the transfer fees that have been paid during the two window, I think £10 million for Dwight Gales is snip. to be quite honest. Uh, when you're... Uh, Coming down with your parachute money, he's banged in. Is it 2021 20, goals now this season? 10 million is not a lot of money to Newcastle United. They haven't been reckless. I think it was a very clever, astute signing. Uh, it's been very good value for money. And to me, you know, it, it, it's it's his goals that's got you up, you know, top of the. And uh, the goals give you points and points back prizes. So, to me, it's got to be Dwight Gale.
1: Yeah, Russ, what are your thoughts on, on this one? Do you, is, is there any players that stick out either at Fulham or elsewhere in the league?
0: Well, I'm not going to name a Fulham player just because, uh, you know, I, I, I could. But uh, at this level, I think uh, Andy named both of the players I was thinking of, and that was Dwight Gale. But I'm going to go with Glenn Murray. And the reason why I'm going with Glenn Murray is that Brighton – came close last season to, uh, to, uh, gaining promotion and they needed the player to take them over the top. And I think it's, uh, Glenn Murray, uh, it, you know, again, I, I, we can go back and forth. It could say Dwight Gale, but I'm, I'm going to say Glenn Murray. I'm glad that Andy brought up Tammy Abraham because Tammy Abraham is a real player. And that, that's a tremendous signing. Wasn't even going there, uh, thinking about it, but like, yeah, I, Andy brought that to the table. Great player to bring up. If I'm gonna name a foam player for me that's been the signing so far for, for us, uh it would be between Kevin McDonald and uh and uh well again I, I it, it could be uh between uh, several players but for me it's it's the players in the midfield so I'll say Kevin McDonald or uh, or Stefan Johansson. But uh that's just for foam. But but overall for the league I would say uh for me it's Glenn Murray.
1: Well, I'm going to surprise you here, Russ, because I have a Fulham, down, uh, Fulham player down really? in front of me. And, and you have not mentioned his name, so I'm Sonny going to bring to the table and see what you say. No, it's not Sonny Aluko. He, he, it's Thomas Callas. Oh. <laughs> I, I thought, I, every time I've seen him this season, I've been impressed. Yeah. And I think that def- he, he did very well with Middlesbrough when he was on loan there. And defenders in this league, I think, are arguably more important than strikers. Because... I think Fulham's problem before was, was they were scoring goals. They had yeah. McCormack and Dembele, but it was it was the other end. And I think that has improved a lot this season. I know that you, you maybe think that you'd like a slightly better defence, and there's sure. been a few goals and things like that. But I, when, every time I've watched him play, uh, when I was at Craven Cottage to watch Newcastle play, he was excellent yeah. that day. And and every time since then, he's been excellent. So he he's one that I, I think deserves a mention. The yeah. other one that I, I obviously had Tammy Abraham and... Glenn Murray in my mind as well, but another one is Tom Lawrence at uh, Ipswich. Maybe not a player that people think about because Ipswich, you know, they they're in mid-table. They they draw every week, it seems. They're not the most exciting team. But what his goals have done, it, it means that they've not been in a relegation battle. At least they haven't been one to this stage. I know there's still a chance they could go down, but I think he's he's very good. And I think any championship team next season should be looking to sign him from Leicester. Because I don't think Leicester will keep hold of him. I don't think they they really see a place from there. And I'm not sure he's quite good enough for the Premier League yet. So I think any team in the championship next season he should be at the top of their lists um, to sort of sign. So I was just—I'm so I'm surprised you didn't bring up Callis yourself for us. Yeah,
0: I'm very embarrassed right now because because we talk about him all the time of of being the signing, and I, I don't know why I blanked on on Callis because Callis has been a very important sign. Maybe because I think of it as a loan, I don't I don't think of it in the same way. Maybe that's the reason why, Jake. But. Uh, uh, but Tomas Callas is someone that you know he's he's on top. We just talked about it on Cottage Talk, of a player that that we want for to sign. It's Tomas Kalas because uh, we're not where we are without him. So uh, I look like an idiot now. Thank you, Jake.
1: <laughs> That's fine. I, I I'm glad I sort of swept that one up for you and and made sure he wasn't missed out in this discussion.
0: No, but... <laughs> no, 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 no. Good call by you. Seriously, I. You know, very good call because Thomas Calas has been a very important player for Fulham and I cannot believe that I choked on that one. Thank you.
1: Yeah, just before we move off off this one, there's another player that I've just just this, this sort of comes to my mind that I think deserves a to mention. I think he was in the team of the season as well that was announced a couple of weeks back and that is Huddersfield's Aaron Moy. I think he's been very good. Oh, yeah. Arguably probably the best central midfielder in the league this season. I, I'd probably place him above Shelby purely because I think Shelby's not lived up to what he could be uh what he was for the first half of the season I don't think he's lived up to that again so I think Moy has probably been the best central midfielder and he's another one he, he's got a contract at Manchester City but I think he's 26 years old he probably doesn't have a future at Manchester City I think they brought him in from one of their satellite clubs um just to make a quick profit on and he's, he's done exactly what they wanted to, him to do at Huddersfield had a good season and if no Premier League clubs are going to be interested in him next season. I think he's another one for championship sides to look at because he's been excellent. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
2: Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Moving on to player watch now, Uh, I just want to ask each of you which player impressed and disappointed in your club's most recent fixture. It's okay to mention a player from the other team if you can't think of one of your own players to mention for either category. So start of you on this one, Andy, who impressed and disappointed for Derby?
2: Uh, Last couple of games, Matthew Vidra, been played in position behind the striker. Two games, we've put a very good shift in both two goals. And you can see the guys now buzzing. Now he's um, where it best suits him. You, you know the guys happy. This this is the thing about it. If you're banging in square pegs into round holes, and it's not working, um, players aren't going to be happy. When you get them doing the job that they were bought for, uh, and, and and overall there seems to be uh it, it it's rubbed off on the rest of the team. Um, I'm really scraping the barrel to uh, have a disappointment. Uh, perhaps I would have to go back to Boris Jackson. I didn't think Marcus, Holt, Marcus Holston had his best game defensively. Uh, young Ben Brereton was uh, turning him inside out. Um, but other than that, I've been pretty pleased with uh, every player that's pulled on a Derby shirt.
1: Yeah, same question for you, Ross, who impressed and disappointed for Fulham in your win over Rotherham United?
0: Well, we just did a show, and we were talking about this, and I I agree with uh, who my co-host had as man of the match. It was David Button. Uh, David Button is a goalkeeper that uh, fans go back and forth on, uh, you know, because we have another goalkeeper, Marcus Bettinelli, that uh, was uh, our goalkeeper last season along with... uh, another goalkeeper but uh, you know we thought he was going to be our starting goalkeeper and then they brought in button and and button has done a, a solid job and he was actually very good in this match uh, he made a key save uh, after uh, a bad miss by Chris Martin I have to mention the bad miss by Chris Martin uh, but he was uh, he was key in this match so he he was someone that definitely impressed me but um, Disappointed, I, you know, again, I'm going to m- mention Chris Martin just because he had a sitter that he missed. But on the flip side, he actually played very well after that miss and was actually key in the uh, winning goal from Fulham. He actually got the ball back into the uh, mad scramble uh, that eventually led to the Fulham goal. So even though I'm mentioning it as a player that disappointed because he, he uh, missed a, a sure goal, uh, it was right in front of him and he just missed it. Uh, he made up for it after that and actually uh, celebrated with the team when they scored the goal. So that was good. You know, with, with the whole Chris Martin situation, we saw some of the, the bad, but we also saw some of the good. So even though he definitely disappointed me, he made up for it.
1: Yeah, quickly, but just before I move on to to Newcastle, I just want to ask you about Tom Kearney because he's sure. obviously a player who's he's he's creating a lot of sort of hype in the media. I think he's he's been talked about in the national media and, and he's getting the attention that his performances have deserved. What are your thoughts on his situation at the club? Because do do you think that you need promotion to keep him, or do you think he's a player that will be staying at Fulham for the next few seasons at least?
0: I think he's going to stay, and I'm going to tell you why. Uh, he's under contract for another two seasons, and we have an option for a third. Uh, that doesn't mean that, that he's definitely going to stay because we know players move and, and, uh, if a player wants to move, you know, things can happen, but I feel strongly that he's going to stay at the club. Uh, Savisa has made him captain. I feel that they built the team around Tom Kearney. Uh, Tony Khan told us on cottage talk that his father went out to, to, uh, to make the deal for Tom Kearney a couple of seasons ago, he got involved. So, so uh, the club understands the importance of Tom Kearney. I think they're going to do whatever they can to hold on to him. And uh, he's that important to what Fulham want to do. Uh, but every player has his price. If, if the price is high enough, uh, they have to look at it as a business. You have to look at it. But I think the odds are in our favor that, that regardless of us going up to the premier league or not, I think he's going to be with us. That is
1: interesting because a lot of the local Newcastle uh, media believe he's he's one of our top transfer targets in the summer. Oh, we're aware of that.
0: We're aware of that. And, <laughs> and ob-
1: obviously his performance at St. James' Park would have done nothing to stop that interest.
0: Yeah. So
1: if anything, oh. it would have heightened it. So, oh, so we're, what,
0: how, we're expecting a bid from Newcastle United. We're, we're expecting it. <laughs>
1: so what sort of feed do you think would would have to be on the table for Tom canny to leave this well, summer
0: well it's funny we we were just talking about it uh you know because you know reportedly they're looking for twenty million what like twenty million is the uh is is the uh is the asking price uh realistically let's let's be realistic uh you know we were talking about this my co-host said if uh if a club came in for twelve million pounds on him. The club would have to look into that. And I think that's that would be a starting point. I I, I think you have to look at least around there for someone that, that 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 is that important to Fulham. And then we'll take it from there. If, if they're if they're uh, really at 20 million like it's been reported, I, I don't think any team's going to come in for him. But but we'll see. I mean, I think 12 million. I think I think at that point you have to both uh the club looking into it, you know, I think 12 million is a, is a reasonable fee for him. You know, I, I, I think that's gotta be the starting point. And I think if uh, a club comes in for 12, uh, for 12 million, I think Fulham have to consider it. I'm not saying do it because I, I don't, I don't want to sell them at all. I want to make that perfectly clear, but as a business, you have to weigh what's more important. Is it the player or what you can do with the money? And that's, I think that's the point where you have to at least consider it. But, um, Twelve million, I I think that's the point where you have to look at.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think twelve million would be a fair price uh, for a deal, but I, I think maybe a little bit more would be needed to convince Fulham yeah. to sell. I, right. I think the one the one thing against Fulham in, the, in in any possible negotiation for Kearney is that he's never played in the Premier League. He hasn't. Right. So that 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 has to you know that's going to come into it because playing in the Premier League adds value to any player, especially if they've done well there. Uh, it- and there's it always does. Talks about players from
0: the championship. It does, Jake. Uh, and I just play- wanna I, mean, I just want to mention one thing about Kearney. Uh, because in the championship he does get a lot of space. If he does go in, in the Premier League, he won't obviously get the space that he generally gets here. And and also just just one other thing, you know, I you know, I, I love Tom Kearney. He is extremely left footed, so just keep that in mind. I'm obviously telling you these things because I don't want Newcastle United to come in for him.
1: <laughs> I I I would be quite happy with client of Kearney, but obviously yeah. I I think I I I I think it should be approached with caution depending on the fee. If it was any yeah. more than fifteen million, I I think it, it's maybe not a a deal that suits yeah, you. I'm just through. saying
0: it's not going to be easy. I know you guys are interested. It's going to take a lot. I just put you know you you asked me for a number and I, and I say twelve million is is a starting point. But but you're right. It's probably going to be much higher than that.
1: Moving on to our game this week, we do not have Tom Kenny, so I will be talking about other players. Um, the player that impressed for me—it it wasn't uh, a great performance. It's difficult to pick out anybody that that really impressed, but uh, I thought Matt Ritchie was very good again. Uh, be, being overlooked, like Kenny has for for a lot of the Championship awards, he wasn't in the Team of the Season. He's not been nominated for Player of the Season, although there's a case that he's Newcastle's Player of the Season. So, so you know, maybe he should have been in that ahead of Dwight Gale for what he's. Contributed overall uh, a lot of what he does goes unnoticed because it's the organization the leadership the work rate it's it's very difficult to, to measure those things in statistics and quantify them but he's excellent for us he always leads by example um he scores goals he got another goal yesterday at a crucial time uh, he just never gives up and he's he's, he's excellent to have on your team uh, when we were struggling in the premier league one of the main things that the uh, what we're complaining about was that we didn't expect we didn't expect to have a team that wins uh that's one of the myths about newcastle fans that they expect to be in the top four of the premier league that's not the case we just wanted a team of players that try and that's why people like matt ritchie dwight gale kieran clark and daryl murphy have all sort of been taken into the hearts of newcastle fans because they all do that and i i'm excited to see what matt, Ritch- matt ritchie can do in the premier league next season because i thought he had a, an okay one it, for bournemouth uh, before we signed him, but I think that there's potential for a lot more, and hopefully he can show that. And he was excellent yesterday, and was probably the difference between the two sides. I, I know that's easy to say because he got the goal, but in, in a lot of other departments as well, he, he was just what well, he was just easily the best player on the pitch. So he deserves a mention. For the player that disappointed, it was diff- it's difficult. Um, <laughs> everyone sort of delivered a, a six out of ten performance, but I thought that that Yoan Goufran and Vernon Anita, they're both playing for new contracts. And I don't think either of them really impressed enough. I think they were both okay, but I wouldn't, uh, I, I don't think they've done enough for me to get new contracts. So that I, I'd probably just give them a name check for that. But just before we wrap up today, I just want to discuss the fixtures we've got coming up in the week, because it's a full uh, midweek calendar of fixtures. So, <laughs> and very, very uh, usefully for me, it's, turned out that Derby and Fulham will be meeting on Tuesday. So I just want to get your thoughts on that one. We'll start with you, Andy, and then Russ, you can you can cut in with your views as well.
0: Sure.
2: Yes, uh, be very very interesting this one. Um, it will be uh, <laughs> be interesting to see uh, what Gary Rowett does in his first game against a top six side. Now uh, Fulham, I think, play a four two three one. We're playing a four two three one. Um there's goals in both teams in in uh in, in them formations. Uh, I can see a game with a lot of goal matter faction and both both defenses have, you know, a uh, lead the odd goal in the two as well. Um I think it'll be a very difficult game. I think Gary Rowett will probably uh be studying the films of Fulham in their past few games. And uh Aiming to expert weaknesses, stating the obvious there. But uh, that is what he is known for, is to, uh, you know, uh, pile in the pressure where a team is weak. How I think this game will go, that is a very good question. Um, It could be a win, it could be a draw, um, it could be a loss. Uh, All all three uh, possibilities there are, are very realistic. I'm going to the I'm going to go for a two-one win.
0: Okay, it's my turn on this one. And uh, listen, this is going to be a very difficult game. And uh, Andy just really mentioned the reasons why uh, this is going to be difficult. Uh, and if it's funny because if Steve McLaren was still in charge of Derby County, I'd be going for victory here uh, because Fulham played very well on the road and uh they won't go to uh pride park fearing darby county but uh i i, I would feel that we would have the tactical advantage over mclaren with with yokanovich uh, gary rowett has been Fulham's kryptonite the last couple of seasons he really knows how to play against us so that definitely gives uh darby county a leg up there's no question about that uh, but uh, like I mentioned, Fulham do play well on the road. They will be prepared, and I know Darby County will be prepared. And I, I'm expecting this to be a, a very open match. There will be goals. I don't think there are going to be as many goals as maybe Andy thinks. Uh, team, the teams do leak the occasional goal, but I'm going to go for a draw here. I'm I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be a 1 1 draw, and uh, I'll take a point. I, I definitely would, would seriously take a point, but I think all three situations are definitely on the table. I could see them losing. I could definitely see a draw and believe it or not, I could see a victory. Uh, you know, um, the one thing that I think Fulham have going for them in this match is that um, we have pace and we have pace off the bench. So we have a tendency to wear teams down. So if this match is close going in the second half, I like my team's chances because of uh, the pace that we have. It definitely wears teams down and we do possess the ball. I knew that that Derby County does as well. But we're not going to make it easy on them to possess the ball. Uh, We are going to go there to possess the ball. So uh, it's going to be interesting, but I am going for that 1-1 draw.
1: Yeah, it's interesting for me as a neutral. It's probably one of the standout fixtures of the the midweek games. I think Derby, if they're going to finish in the playoffs, I know it's unlikely and it's an outside shot, but they've still got a chance and a win this, this week would, definitely open up that possibility um, and with Sheffield Wednesday playing Rotherham United I think there's a chance Fulham if they draw or, or drop points that they will fall out of those playoff places so it's, it's definitely an an interesting one I think Fulham's away record would probably edge it for me but um, yeah, it's def- definitely one to keep an eye on this this week uh, for fans not of those two clubs because I think it's probably the, the the most attractive fixture on the face of it but I'll just move on to my own fixture um Newcastle have got Burton at home it's another another home game which which (laughs) fills me with apprehension because we're not great at home but we we got that win over Wigan but this is going to be another tricky game Burton will come they will set up deep they'll look to soak up pressure get the fans on the players backs and then try and nick on the break and they've got some good players um Russ, Russ will agree Corley Woodrow is, is, is a very talented player he, he didn't do as well for Fulham as he, he maybe should have done but he's very excellently for Burton and he's certainly a player that can cause problems they've got you know, they, it's just a very good squad of players that they've, they've put together on quite a budget and they'll be full of confidence after getting a result at Huddersfield they'll probably look to play the same way against us but I think we'll get the win I think beating Wigan was a massive sort of thing for our mentality I think it'll give the players a little confidence. And we should be beating Burton Albion if we're going to win this league uh, or even get promoted. Um, we've got the quality. We we should have the confidence in the squad. Uh, Benitez is... It's proven to be very shrewd and it doesn't get the credit that he deserves for what we've done this season because when I mean, you look at Villa and Norwich it's just it is very difficult to bounce back at the first attempt and it looks like we're going to do that with relative comfort so I, I think we're going to win this I don't think, I think it's going to be a huge victory maybe a 1-0 or a 2-1 something like that but I think we will get the win and take us on to 84 points which is probably only three three wins away from, from confirming promotion which would be great to do at the early possible opportunity but that is it for today so thanks uh, to both russ and andy for coming on today if you just want to tell people where they could reach you or any projects you're involved in that'll be a good time
0: okay well you can reach me at blogtalkradio.com/slash cottage talk is where you can listen to the show you can uh follow me on twitter russ underscore goldman and also at cottage talk that's a twitter account for the show
2: Andy Buckley-Taylor, Twitter at BuckTaylor64, and I'm a Derby County blogger for the Derbyshire Times group of the newspapers.
1: Yeah, you get my personal Twitter account at Jake Jack with two ends. I wrote for EPL Index and The Boot Room, so check both of them out. I just want to thank Andy and Russ uh, again for coming on today, and thank you guys for listening. We hope you join us again soon.